Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Night and Moon. I am Tanner Knight. Joined with me, as always, is my lovely and talented wife, Gabby Luna Knight. Hi. Hi. And joined with her is Jack. Jackie. He is right next to us. And Smokey's in his kennel. And Smokey's passed right out as well. Yeah. So they'll be both groaning and meowing and moaning all through the episode, I'm sure. Purring, too. Don't forget the purring. Which is welcome. Mm Mm-hmm. So, a quick update, and I know that approximately 0.0 people care about this, but (laughs) makes sense with the timeline due to the fact that I just mentioned the microphone, what, two or three episodes ago? Yeah. And we've since recorded a couple more episodes with the microphone, and it's fine, but it just died in my hand. This is the old SM58, the Shure SM58. From days of yore that my dad or mom bought. We we thought the 2000s, right? Probably 2000s, but it could be as early as the 90s or 80s even. They've been making this microphone forever. And it died. Yeah. Wow. Just now. When we hit record for this episode. Yeah. Just now. So, you know, what a sing a sad shame. song <laughs> for the old SM58. The oldest microphone I had, I think. Well, I don't know, maybe not. But either way. It had a good life. It had a good life, recorded a lot of sound, and and it died. Apparently you have more of these. Well, I just went downstairs and grabbed another. (laughs) (laughs) So I... We have infinite supply of these, I still have an SM58. No, I think from here on out, it's all SM57s. Oh, no. Which are slightly different. Oh, no. You're like, so if we break them, <laughs> then it'll be slightly We different. have lesser quality microphones. I wouldn't say lesser. They're just different. They're usually used on guitar cabinets or drums. We have like 15 years to go, so we're good. Well, both of these microphones are probably less than three years old, so okay. knock on SM58. <laughs> knock on they're gonna, SM58 wood. They're going <laughs> to... They're going to last, these ones. For those interested in new music, I recently released a couple tracks. I think we talked about both of them already, but they just kind of came out. You know how you release things and then it takes a while for that to process through all the the streaming systems. So Spotify now has the newest song called Finn, Mm -hmm. which is inspired by our guest Finn the Dog who was a really good guest. We've had him twice. We've had him twice now, and he finally earned himself a song. Yeah. (laughs) He he got a song the second time around, and I drew him. He was my first drawing. That's right. The artwork is Gabby's first serious attempt at emulating a dog, and it's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Finn. Finn. He's a great dog. We love him. We love the song. So go check it out. Yeah, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, mm-hmm. anywhere mm-hmm. you can stream music. Yes, I'll link it on our show notes as always. Updates on tipping. I got to say, I complained about two businesses, <laughs> and ever since then, I've, I've had better luck. <laughs> With those specific businesses. Yeah. Which well, are, refresh my memory, there's the... Bjorns. The Bjorns, that's right. I... Still love to go to Bjorn's to get the coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, they still ask about the cookie, <laughs> but I have since just not cared anymore. 
So you've <laughs> altered your own attitude about the experience. Yeah. And how does it make you feel now? Do you enjoy the experience more? Yeah, because you know what? At the end of the day now, I feel like I'm going also with my dog and I'm getting a dog treat too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's double duty. Double duty. We're both getting extra treats here. So might as well just, you know, that that's they also always tell him he's beautiful. So I appreciate that too. Well, I wonder if you can just go through the drive through and say, I'd just like a dog treat. I bet they will give it to you. <laughs> They're very, very, very dog friendly, which I appreciate too. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that the one time that I had a bad experience was when it, it was at a, like a specific dude that was kind of rude to me, mm, which I think yeah. I talked about already in the earlier episode. But just to summarize, it was just like, I ordered one thing, like a, an Americano, and he thought I just wanted an iced coffee, but an Americano is more expensive. But because he wasn't paying attention, he thought I said iced coffee. And then he said, oh, you're going to get this one for free. Or like you're getting, like I was getting a deal because he was going to charge me less. Yeah, Or he had still, already charged me less. Still not make you the drink you want. He he made me the drink I wanted, but made it seem like I tricked him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, which I didn't like. Yeah. He should have listened yeah. to your order better. Yeah, exactly. Because I said Americano and he thought I said iced coffee. And I guess there was like a 50 cent difference. Like, <laughs> that's so petty. Like, why would I care to trick someone over that? You know, like, <laughs> I guess that that was like my problem. <laughs> well. With Bjorn said at one point. But but they've since redeemed themselves. I mean, yeah, every other experience has been great. Still great coffee. I like a good drive through that tends to dogs. Exactly. You Which know? I think it's made other like local coffee shops also, you know. Gotta step your game. Yeah. Up. Step, step it up. up. <laughs> and then uh the other one yeah. that I complained about was Great Great Value? No, Great, Great Harvest. Harvest, the bread company, yeah. Which has since oh also gosh. redeemed itself. Like above and beyond. They've given Samples me they give me like coffees. a loaf sample, <laughs> free coffee. It's ridiculous. So, you know sending back people over there. <laughs> I guess the lesson to take away from this is that businesses are just a conglomeration of the people that do the jobs in them. And like sometimes you just get someone at their not so best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that happens everywhere. So I guess, I don't know, maybe that can give someone a little um, humility the next time that they would want to not be nice to somebody for doing something less than smart yeah or just like pay attention but i know it's hard like sometimes when you're like taking orders i, I bet it's easy to zone out like another coffee another coffee another coffee. yeah and that rush in the morning has got to be yeah pretty rough it sucks it sucks either way you know the interaction for them is like one in a million but for a lot of people, it's like the only interaction you have and it's really crappy. The important one in the morning, too. <laughs> but, you know, we all deal with what we got. <laughs> True. Anyway, those are my updates. Uh, the tipping situation has not stopped me from <laughs> going anywhere, but I haven't felt too too pressured to tip or anything. Yeah, no more than we did, I don't know, a couple months ago. I still notice that most of the restaurants we go to which we don't go that often, but most of them are taking the order with an iPad, mm -hmm. in which case that gratuity is just going to happen, whether it's fast food, whether it's fine dining, whatever. So 
I noticed that you've gotten really comfortable at saying other and you put in whatever you want. And I like that about you. Yeah, <laughs> I I do. I will tip if I think it's deserved. And it's an extra step for me to tip a specific amount. But it's usually, it's usually less than 25%. I'll be honest. It's not yeah. like... 25% I feel crazy. comfortable pressing a quarter for every dollar that I spend there. It's like that to me is a lot. And if you're relying on tips that much, I change the, the culture of the restaurants and how they get paid. Yeah. We actually have gone out to eat a lot less. I yeah, mean, I know have. that we've traveled a little bit, traveled a little bit and well, that makes it so we go out, but we've cooked a lot. And yes. what did we actually make today? We made our first pie. Uh-huh. Our very first pie made from fruit that we grew on our house land. <laughs> that our trees grew. <laughs> yeah, we have a peach tree, an apple tree, uh-huh. and a cherry tree, respectively. And uh, the peach tree yielded about probably 20 pounds of peaches this year. Yes. So we spent all yesterday peeling and canning them and leaving just enough for a single pie today we cooked that ass pie yeah (laughs) that ass pie that is a good ass pie yeah it was delicious it's the best pie i've ever had yeah with a few well recipe you know i made a few adjustments here and there in the sugars and whatnots but and we added cinnamon cinnamon lots of different things guess we shouldn't tell everyone our secrets maybe so peach pie it is for us. Mm, it's great. Well, for your coworkers, because now you have to take all that pie. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a whole nine inch pie, so two people can only do so much damage yeah, on a no. single pie. But we made it. But it's fresh, so Yeah. And we canned six big jars of, of peaches mm. for the winter. So we are going to continue down the path that we started a a few weeks ago about the loss of a pet. And I know that these topics are really heavy and hard for a lot of folks, so we understand if you're not quite ready to partake on these types of topics if you are experiencing the loss of a pet or person or someone else or something. So, you know, if that's the case and you don't have it in you to listen to this episode or any of these, then feel free to skip. But otherwise... We hope that you can listen and think about these things. Exactly. And in today's episode, we're talking about where, again, using the book, The Loss of a Pet, we're on our fourth stage of grief, and that one is guilt. That's right. Guilt. Everyone's favorite emotion. You think so? Well, I I say that because I think most people are kind of afraid or guilty to indulge in other emotions like joy for one like a lot of people feel guilty about expressing joy because there's so much pain in the world and yada 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 yeah and that's just not not my outlook i think the more joy you can bring the more joy can be brought out in someone else maybe so Guilt is one of the most common emotions. Outside of loss, even. It's one of the most common uh, responses experienced by the human emotional 
range. <laughs> yeah, which is real shitty because guilt is, I don't know, it's such an avoidable emotion. At least I think of it that way. Like guilt comes out of doing something that you're not proud of, I guess. Or We get stuck there easily and it prevents healing until it's resolved. It's basically a psychological invention based on insecurity and negative self-evaluation. We usually feel as, as if we have failed some duty or obligation. Oh, and this kind of varies from a mild uneasiness or a powerful sense of self-blame. And then also goes all the way to the extreme to the need of punishment, which you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that whole notion of blaming yourself for a previous outcome even if it is your fault entirely i don't know the past is the past and you really can't do anything about it there's always going to be things that you would have changed if you had known the specific outcome that's not how things unfolded yeah i think that sometimes people i mean not everyone right but a lot of people make it worse by saying oh you should have done that because you know you whatever yeah, yeah. it's like well yeah that that doesn't help yeah, there is a lot of, you shoulda, or you coulda. And we all do it. I mean, we can be that person to anyone, but. Yeah, yeah, the, I guess, insensitive insensitivity is in us all. Yeah, you, you're just not paying attention, you know. Like. Yeah, so don't do that to people. Don't say, oh, you shoulda done this, or you shoulda done that. It's specifically when you're talking about loss, I think. Yeah, and losing a pet, like. Yeah. You know, we do the best we can. And can't do no more. Well, we don't know when the last moment is going to strike. True. Guilt is closely related to anger, which totally makes sense. Is right, right after. Yeah. Yeah. You go from being angry to feeling bad about feeling angry, feeling bad about the event itself. Not being able to prevent yeah. the death of a pet. Yeah. It's it's really one of those all-encompassing emotions that touches on all aspects of the past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. So they go on about talking how animals don't really experience guilt like we do, except like cats and dogs and animals that live with us that get shamed <laughs> into an... Don't you just think yeah. of Maxi with... <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's oh. dropping the head. He drops it. He's like, I'm not quite sure what I did wrong. <laughs> and but. the eyes get really big and he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> I, I, I know I did something wrong. <laughs> well, it says that's an emotional response we impose and train into them. Yeah, they observe it in us, I guess. Like, uh, wait, wait, with our unending list of rules and regulations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's so sad. That's the human experience. That's the, the human pet experience. <laughs> that's a like list. the payoff for like basically a free ride in life. Yeah. You have to deal with our neurosis. Yeah. <laughs> they get a list of unwritten rules and regulations that they have to kind of figure out. And we're like, no, it's this way, you dumb, dumb animal. Why don't you know this? Why don't you know that? No, no. <laughs> no, you can't eat everything, no. Jack. <laughs> you can't. No, Smokey, you can't be outside all day. <laughs> There's so much we can learn from our animal friends, as us here. <laughs> True. I agree. They're like, just chill. <laughs> when it comes to bereavement, it's obviously something to take into consideration now. Like if you've never had a pet and you're into adopting one, well, it says right here to consider then once you take on a pet, you're also going to take on the death of the pet too. Yeah. To consider that. 
that's implied in the adoption of the pet, un unless you're unlucky enough to have the pet outlive you. That's a terrible scenario, I think. We usually avoid thinking about death, so we don't even consider that when we adopt an animal, we're going to be, you know, having to go through putting them down. Yeah, and I think that's probably good. You shouldn't be thinking about the last moments while you're experiencing the first moments of having a pet. It's like that relationship, it is too short always, but you have to let it evolve. So one thing to consider is that grief is really a tool of your subconscious. The mind tries to displace the loss and the canceled control that comes with loss uh, with something tangible that we still have, and that's the feeling of guilt. It's like, oh, this feeling I know and I can hang on to and... It'll never replace the pet, obviously, but the mind doesn't know that. It's just trying to just trying to figure out why it feels so bad and yeah, why it's so sad. Yeah, I feel like I definitely had a little bit of this with Max. Yeah. It's, it's hard not to have guilt when you have a sick pet. And there's no way that when you have a pet that's super sick and needs a lot of help, that you're going to give them your 100% person all the time. You just can't show up at a 100% all the time. Yeah, yeah. There were days where we were running on empty Yeah. and doing the best with 30% that we had. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, maybe he suffered as a result. But I think the guiltiest that I felt through the whole process was really early on right at the diagnosis part it's like yep. oh well wow this was kind of happening under our nose and we didn't see it we yeah we couldn't really read the tea leaves or the symptoms yeah because we really did think he had behavioral issues that he would pee everywhere and he was just basically letting us know hey yeah something's wrong and we didn't pick up on it yeah it wasn't really affecting his energy levels too much at that point but could, you could tell that he didn't feel right and maybe, you know, maybe we missed something. That's the guilt. It's like, yeah. what did we miss? Why did it get to this point where we learn that he has cancer almost when it's too late? And, you know, they gave us a pretty dire prognosis. Like yeah. A month to three months. No, she was like six to nine months. That was the initial diagnosis. She's like, like. That 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 we no longer go to basically was like uh, like there's nothing you can do like he's gonna die so you can just keep him comfortable here's some uh like anti-inflammatory or something like that and then you know she was just expecting him to, to die by the end of the year or or a few months to come you know yeah and he outlived that prognosis but uh, still yeah we uh, we tried everything we could and he lasted as long as he did and. We yeah. miss him terribly. Yeah, we still do. So it basically goes, goes on to talk about how anger, grief, and guilt overwhelm us. These are the things that basically make it hard for us to go about our day-to-day -day tasks, you know, in a normal way. You know, they they also feel very individual when they happen as well, these stages, They but they're all kind of still part of the the one the one thing of getting over or 
getting through the actual grief. It's really not uncommon for people to get obsessed with the what could have been type of thing where you're just stuck in a loop of, oh, well, what could have been if I did this or if this happened? And, you know, that's that's not going to bring your pet back, period. Yeah. None of, none of these things, you know, and being angry or... Yeah, none of these these things are going to bring your mm-hmm. pet back. That's the sad, card, cold, hard truth of the matter. And, you know, I, I think that we need these hard things in life to experience these things, to realize that they are not the end of the world and that they are temporary. And I don't think it's talked about temporary or temporalness yet with regards... well at the beginning it, it kind of talked about how it's one of the most common ones and it's pretty much also temporary yeah so keep that in mind it's temporary it's mm-hmm. it can be prolonged by yourself just if you don't pay attention to it and mm-hmm. understand where it's coming from and why it's there and that you know there are tools to get to that but overall guilt is just one of those easy to grab emotions that can result in a really bad spiral of negative thoughts and actions feeling guilty is just kind of like a feeling that's just always nagging at you for just like a put off reason like you're putting it off you're not looking at it but it's just there nagging at you like a mess just waiting to be fixed, you know, like or paid attention to. Yeah, yeah. A puzzle that's been thrown on the ground. Yeah, something. Or It takes a little bit of patience to put it back together. Uh-huh. But it can get like really messy and or something because it can get, I think if you ignore it, and I think that's a theme of the book, if you ignore any of these feelings, they're just going to continue to nag at you until... You basically have meltdowns or explode. I mean, this is the world we're living in. This is what people are having all these meltdowns for because they don't sit down. We yeah. we don't yeah. sit down to like, you know, see what's going on. Yeah. Modern people choose to say, oh, I don't have time to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are consequences to that. And there's one sentence that correlates to that it is interesting it is interesting to note that many newly bereaved pet owners do not want to heal and i think that's true of just a lot of people in general there's a lot of people who mm-hmm. flat out just don't want to heal they treasure their pain more than whatever recovery looks like yeah and you know i'm not going to judge those people but i don't think that's the best way to go yeah um so maybe that i don't know maybe i just <laughs> became a hypocrite and contradicted myself but Either way, it's not my life mantra. I think the only way through it is through it. And can't go around it or bypass it. you got to just sit there and feel it and suck it up and deal. Yeah. (laughs) And try not to be an asshole, I guess. I think it's, it's worth mentioning that sometimes maybe people are not aware that they're pushing down some stuff. Or like mm-hmm. avoiding and they, they might be like, no, 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 I've let go of this, but maybe not fully. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm not anyone to judge anyone else's yeah, no. path. But I'm saying that could be one scenario in this particular case. Yeah. That and we're talking about. 
and and I guess my point is that that the only person who's capable of answering that question is the person, is the you, whoever the you yeah. is. That sucks because everybody's different and everybody's path is going to be slightly different. There's also the notion that if you kind of lose the pain or the the guilt or the negative feelings, then you'll lose the positive ones as well or the memories that you have of the animals and you know. I think the sad reality is is that you'll never remember every second that you spent with your animals. That's yeah. not how it goes, unless you're one of those people that does literally remember every second. For the most of us, we will remember the important parts, the important moments, and the times Max got lost and, you know, the and joy. And got found somehow. Yeah, and, and the joy that came from being found and... And, you know, all these other things. And these marvelous stories that come after. Yeah, and Jack and Smokey have equally amount of characteristics that get <laughs> analyzed and yeah. awed over all the time. So All the time, yeah. Like, I think you're always going to re- remember the essence of that pet. If you're concerned about losing the memories, then just write them down. Yeah. Just, like... Write down the memories you have now while they're fresh. I think that's a good idea. I think that we did a lot of writing about Max right after he died. You know, I think if nothing else, it helps you work out your feelings about it. And it gives you some sort of concrete touchstone, unless it's like a digital file and you lose it, then, yeah, you know, so long. But it's hopefully something that you can have and use as a reference and say, oh, wow. I was there, and when I was there, I felt this way, and now I'm here, and I feel this way. And you can realize there's a progression in that these feelings aren't necessarily the most permanent things on Earth. Besides just writing, we also had him in our altar and just did, you know, a couple of things. We we finished up the album. We just did a few things here and there to kind of commemorate him. Yeah, yeah. Throughout the year, it was easy to choose moments to commemorate Max. And I think it's natural that over time, you know, those things will fade. And Will they? I feel like daily. Like today, we walked Jack and a beagle are rude at us Uh because we have a beagle neighbor. Yeah, I, I think there will be daily reminders for a long, long time and maybe forever. Yeah. I guess it all comes down to our noticing them. Yeah. It basically goes on to say that we can't judge our past actions or inactions by using hindsight and thoughts we developed later. So it's basically, that's the logic behind not feeling guilty. And good luck as humans understanding that because that's not how emotions work. Yeah. But it's true. It's 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 just saying that Hindsight and thoughts that you develop after the fact are all rearward facing and, you know, very influenced by your emotions. So how do you decouple the two? I don't I don't know. I think it just takes time and a little bit of breathing and thinking about it and like writing and just talking about whatever little things that remind you of the animal. Yeah, I think that those are the most important little things you can do to really just address these stages one by one as they come across. There's also the maybe sharing with another person 
sometimes people can be very helpful by telling you, hey, you know, no one could have known or something like that, like give you a helping ear. And then if also being aware that if you know and have someone in your life that usually tells you, hey, well, you should have done this, you should have done that. And, you know, maybe stay away from those people because they're not going to help the feelings of guilt. Do yourself a favor and don't put yourself in the line of fire, I guess, when it comes to people who can trigger these things, anger and guilt and all of these negative emotions that are natural parts of the process. You know, they're going to happen one way or the other. And how you react to them, that's going to define how, I guess, you yourself feel about how you got through it and not to burst your bubble but there is a phone in every hand so if you go to victoria's secrets and get the wrong bra or underwear then it's not going to be a big meltdown and people aren't going to film you and make a big joke out of you and you know that's unfortunate that that happens but i think it's because people don't properly manage these obvious things it's like yeah you're dealing with loss or you're dealing with something maybe process those things and yeah avoid the big meltdown on camera those are that's a little scary because anytime now that anybody gets a little loud anyone can just turn around like oh what's going on over there (laughs) yeah the phone is out at all times yeah it's just like a a thumb swipe away record oh karen Yeah. She's going Karen again. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to defend Karens, but I do think that a lot of these (laughs) outbursts are just due to mismanaged emotion and just like, you know, I feel really bad about something, how I'm being treated. So I'm going to take it out on this other person because that gives me a false sense of power or, or whatever the reasoning. It's more easily accessed when you're under the duress of the loss of a pet. And, you know just kind of word of caution i guess yeah there's the good point that death itself for humans of all generations throughout time death has always been a mystery and you know we try and we try and we try and we kind of feel guilt and a sense of responsibility for the past but like an ancestral guilt Yeah, yeah. And this kind of ancestral death as well. And just kind of, we don't know anything about it where our grandparents or their parents or our ancestors, what happened to their soul after they died? Like, it's all not known to us in the human realm and never will be. You know, I think there's a lot of guilt that comes just from that. And it's like, a mix of so many of all these emotions, like because it's scary to really think about it and not really know yeah. where did my grandparents go, you know, and not correlate it to yourself and your mm-hmm. own mortality and your own death. And where am I going? Yeah. yeah. And what does it all mean? Yeah. So yeah, of course these questions are going to arise, but guess what? You're not going to get any more answers on this terrestrial plane than you would one million years in the past or the future so we just got to kind of get used to that fact i think meditation provides insights and yeah and directions well and it 
I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I, I do think that meditation is a really important way to access kind of the root of these emotions and at least process them a bit better. And it'll never be perfect, but you can never go wrong by just sitting and breathing when a negative mo emotion occurs. And even if you're not asking yourself, where does this come from? You'll still get some sort of insight, even if it's just like, oh, well, I got over that by doing this better. Yeah, it's true. It really does happen. You do see that as a like a movie just being played or something. Or yeah, it slows. A reveal. <laughs> it slows things down or allows you to slow things down, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it's more needed than ever. There's no more one thing that could help American society than just 15 minutes a day of meditation. It just being selfish and wanting to get to know yourself better so that when you react, you know how how you react. Well, yeah, being selfish to be selfless, <laughs> yeah. I guess. You, you, you have to take the time to meditate and maybe ask yourself just some basic questions about your day. Why did this make me angry? Why did this make me happy? Why did this happen? Is there something that I could have done to make this go better and you may never get the answers but you can at least have a good perspective about it and yeah maybe be prepared the next time it does happen yeah or you can like if like us we kind of ask each other that those questions or if i have a problem with an interaction i'm like well what do you think i could have done better with this interaction yeah and it takes it takes a lot to get to a point where you can you can trust yourself or another person with those kinds of questions because they often involve you saying, oh, well, maybe that was my fault. And mm -hmm. say, and then if you're guarded, then you're going to Yeah, your yeah. ego is automatically going to say, no, it, nothing's your fault, son. You're the greatest. <laughs> or you as a, as a person asking the question like, dad, how dare you say that, you know, like I was mean in the interaction or whatever. Because sometimes feedback is real and, and you know, sometimes it's really you did something wrong or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, you got to be open to all kinds of feedback if you're asking for it. Yeah, and I think mo most people or a lot of people are just not even open to the possibility of being wrong, let alone accepting responsibility for being wrong in a given circumstance and and trying to make amends for it. And I don't know, it's hard to do that. People are very difficult and we're not always on our best behavior. And it's not out of lack of trying. It's just that shit happens and humans are stupid. Yeah, we're not always on top of it. Even if yeah. the person like Tan looks like he's always on top of it, you know, he's allowed to not have, you know, juggling things at all at once always. <laughs> the mind works in fascinating ways at this terrible time. <laughs> it's like, yep, I guess so. But uh, anger... When turned inward becomes guilt. In addition to that, there still is the problem of the emotional baggage that we carry. And sometimes that can be incapacitating when things feel too devastating. Bad events can trigger a release of old pain when we forgot we had inside us. Mm. Basically, you know, you think that you're over it. And then, oh, guess what? You ain't over it, son. It basically goes on to say that guilt, anger, all of these negative emotions can kind of make you go through life not thinking that you enjoy 
or that you are capable of feeling joy or that you deserve joy maybe and you know those are all invalid thoughts that just come from negative emotions and you know if you can stare those emotions in the face and ask them why they exist then you can typically get answers to whether or not you think that's it's true or not whether they're telling the truth and most of the time the negative emotions are not telling you the truth they're just telling you the worst case scenario or i don't know it it obviously the loss of a pet is the worst case scenario but your emotions afterwards they're not going to go in a straight line they're going to go through these stages and kind of bounce back and forth and one's going to trigger the other and it's different for every single person and the only thing that like the only thing that keeps coming back to me is just the notion of compassion and having compassion for yourself and therefore kind of extending that outward to others or giving people the opportunity to extend a little compassion so there's a section called afterthought and it basically asks the question why do i need to feel guilty and gives you the opportunity to ask that question and it is normal to ponder about responsibility and possible alternatives that we might have taken but it's very unhealthy to obsess on this so you know think about it do really think about it write about it that's i think yeah that helps a lot it's just like a good way to process it. even if you never read it again just the act of writing it down is really a good thing to do when these things seem to be kind of insurmountable and just answer that question why do i need to feel guilty and i think that ultimately you should come to the conclusion that you don't you don't need to feel guilty yeah there's nothing dictating that you have to and yeah it's natural it's going to happen it's part of the the process but your reaction to it is is kind of another thing i think in my experience with guilt um just from being i think mexican <laughs> i think that when my experience with guilt just sitting down and feeling my emotions kind of helped me realize sort of helped me with guilt but i was also guilty when i sat down when i made the time you know for <laughs> myself just the act to, of doing it just the guilty. act of it so it all kind of just guilt is like such a a knot a like a tangle yeah. and and i think it's one that occurs naturally and culture whether it's a mexican culture or other or like Catholic, a religion yeah like or mm-hmm. mormon I, I know a lot of mormons who grow up with guilt is kind of their middle name it just becomes kind of your identity culturally and i think that's a bad thing because guilt yeah. is not a positive emotion yeah i feel like it, it really like the analogy of a tangle or a knot and it just keeps getting tight and tight and the only thing that ever helped for me is doing a meditation yeah, where loose, it loosened up like putting conditioner to a hair uh, <laughs> to, to the knot in your hair like yeah. that's the without you even trying that's the only way i can find my way out of that guilt knot <laughs> yeah and despite our deep sense of blame we eventually have to be self-forgiving i think is that's kind of the most important thing you can do is forgive yourself and really 
think about what you would be forgiving. That's really beautiful. I will be making meditations on all of these. I know I'm a little behind on these meditations, but <laughs> they are coming. Thank you for your patience. Here's an, another question to ask yourself. If your pet could write a letter to you, wouldn't he or she want you to forgive yourself? Absolutely. They would, like, I've heard this before in the training, like, the lady talked about this particular, like, writing a letter. Not only you writing a letter to your pet, but then turning around and writing a letter from the pet to yourself. And, yeah. damn, that just changes everything, doesn't it? Like, you yeah. know that Max would be like, we like to pretend that Max would call me lady and him kid. You probably heard us say this already. But he would have been like, kid, don't worry about it. <laughs> Life goes on, man. Yeah. Tell a lady I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So dealing with guilt, responsibility must now be shifted to include taking care of oneself. So <laughs> take care of yourself. Eat some pizza. Yes. Have a... I don't know. A walk. A walk. Guard yourself from weird people, as <laughs> in some of the previous chapters have said. Especially if it's like, if you're feeling guilty and you know someone triggers your guilt. Yeah, and let mm -hmm. yourself mourn constructively. What's the difference between constructively mourning and not constructively mourning? Well, I think constructively mourning is accepting death preserving their memories and having it be a joyous type of remembrance rather than one that causes you to spiral into negative feelings of guilt, anger, yeah, loneliness, etc. Yeah. So, isolation. Isolation. Yeah, you got to got to move on and understand that the pet was there when he was there and now he's not. Oh, and for those of you who are afraid to journal because you don't want people reading, I had a friend like that that she was like, I don't I don't want anyone to read what I've journaled in like when I'm gone or whatever. Um, so a great thing you can do is just kind of like do a bonfire and burn it. Write it and burn it. Yeah, I didn't burn it. Write it, burn it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And that way... It can also be sort of an effigy and memorial in remembrance as well. Yeah, do it with your partner, with some friends, with family. So that's that's basically it. We are the stewards of our pets, and it's our job to love them as much as we can while we have them and beyond because most likely... They will not outlive us, and we will have to go through each one of these stages individually. That's true, and in the best-case scenario, you know, they will not outlive us, and because you don't, yeah, you true. know, like, I just, that's the worst-case scenario for me. <laughs> true, and I think that most people get a pet without considering their mortality and we talked about that it's it's probably not natural to do that anyway and if you can have a pet and love them for any amount of time that time is better spent i think absolutely get a few different pets yeah not too many 
the one would be a crazy cat lady. I think three is a good. Three is a good cat. That's yeah. Before it becomes a menagerie. Two dogs, one cat. <laughs> you could do what we did: a dog, a hound, and a cat. <laughs> yes. Very it's special different. combo. Hound's a little dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> a little smellier. <laughs> they smell like Doritos. So if you like Doritos, <laughs> that might be a good or bad thing. <laughs> I don't know. Delightful. Yeah. So we are slowly working our way through these negative emotional steps here. That's our episode on guilt. Do you think they're more negative or more like character forming? Well, that's a good question. I think characters are formed through negative experiences. So who's to say? <laughs> You're like, so yeah. Chicken egg or whatever. <laughs> characters are formed through all experiences. Though. True. I think happy experiences are also necessary to form a complete person but i don't think a person truly understands loss until they understand loss of a loved one yeah. whether that's a loved parent grandparent whatever or yeah. pet or spouse or sibling you know these relationships exist and if you lose one of those people or things, then it leaves a noticeable void and it completely like gotta not, deal with it. It doesn't define you as a person, but it defines you in a way, right? Like it, it's, it's part of who you are. Yeah, the, they become the milestones in our life that we reference, whether we like it or not. Oh, yeah. everything it's before Max, or everything is post Max is death at this point, and it's mm -hmm. like. It's a kind of a morbid way to measure the days, but at this point, that's how we feel. And, you know, we don't ever want to lose sight of Max, and I don't think we will. But also talking about it and thinking about it and making it a positive part of our lives has also allowed us to, I think, evolve with our grief you know, as well, so. Yeah, I think at the beginning we had a, well, at the beginning we talked about it, and then I think that maybe at a certain stage, maybe six months in, we kind of stopped talking about it, but carried it a little bit. Yeah. Without thinking if, or knowing if the other wanted to talk about it or <laughs> not. Like, am I going to make them cry today? I don't want to do that to them. <laughs> I've been crying about it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. But then doing these episodes has actually made me realize that we were pretty much on the same page still. <laughs> still crying about Max every day. <laughs> yeah, it's not far away. He's, yeah, not far away. So hopefully your pets will never be far away as well in life or death. And, you know, treat yourself with a little bit of compassion and forgiveness it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah, and if you have a friend who just lost a pet or something, reach out. Just just something. Send them a, I don't know, something, a card, a donut. <laughs> uh, yes, a donut. Maybe a rack of ribs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, work. whatever. Anything from a donut to a rack of ribs, <laughs> maybe even a plant, whatever. <laughs> yes. You know, like, let them know that to you, their loss is a loss too and so 
and offer a listening ear, right? Yeah. I think that that helps. Yeah. And hopefully you're still with us in this kind of heavier topic and the next one will be depression. So (laughs) we're moving down the chain. But, you know, these are things that people don't talk about daily and hopefully they start a little conversation in your neck of wherever you are and you know you can think about things in a slightly better way yeah so thank you for listening we hope to see you on the next one the next time you will hear us ian and cleo will be married (laughs) is that true possibly so congratulations yeah ian and cleo congratulations Congratulations. to the couple (laughs) so thank you for listening Bye. Bye. Bye.